Chapter 43. Visitors. Alf gaped at the savage for several seconds before he could get the words out. You... you speak English, he said. Yes, said the savage. So apparently do you. The savage grunt clicked something to order the others, or to the others who chuckled. But, 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 but how, said Alf. Oh, English is easy, said the savage. You want a difficult language? Try this one. He rattled off a bizarre sounding sequence of grunts, clicks, and pops culminating in a low whistle. This got another big laugh. Yes, said Alf, but what I mean is, how did you learn English? The same way you did, I assume, said, savage, said the savage, from listening to Englishmen. I spent 13 years on, or on ships of the British Navy. You were a sailor, said Alf. I think more accurate word is slave, said the savage, although the term the Navy used was pressed into service. Twenty years ago, they landed here and took me and my two brothers. The savage's tone remained conversational, but his eyes had turned cold. My brothers responded to captivity less well than I, um, he continued. They were both gone within a year, but I was adaptable and quite good at languages. Thirteen years I spent in the company of doing the bidding of Englishmen. Thirteen years until the, kind, or the kindness of fate and a shipwreck brought me back to Mollusk. Mollusk, said Alf, the name we call this island our home, said the savage. Actually, our word for it is... And he uttered a great, er, a, er, uttered a strange sound from somewhere deep in his throat. We call ourselves the Mollusk people. I have the honor of being our leader. My name, or the English version of my name, is Fighting Prawn. Fighting Prawn? said Elf. Does my name amuse you, Englishman? said Fighting Prawn. No, said Elf. His grin evaporated. If I may ask, said Fighting Prawn, what is your name? Elf, said Elf. Elf, repeated Fighting Prawn. He said something to the other mollusks, which included Alf. They roared with laughter. Fighting Prawn turned back to Alf. In our language, he said, Alf means squid poop. Ah, said Alf. Now, Alf, said Fighting Prawn, getting a chuckle from the men. These boys, he gestured to James, Prentice, Thomas, and Tubby Ted. Are they your children? Oh, no, said Alf. Them's orphans from the ship. I see, said Fighting Prawn. And where's your ship pres at present? Pardon the interruption. Bottom of the sea, I reckon, said Alf. Storm broke her to pieces, it did. We barely got off with our skins. Pity, said Pro Fighting Prawn. And were there any other survivors? Dunno, said Alf, shaking his head. It was terrible, rough, or terribly rough out there. A bloody miracle we found this island, it is. Oh, you'd be surprised, said Fighting Prawn. We get visitors at every, or here every year or so. Some arrive through misfortune, as in your case. Others arrive with a purpose. One time, the mollusks welcomed these visitors. We have learned better. What, what do you mean? said Elf. I mean, said Fighting Prawn, that we have learned that other things seem to work best on mollusks when we, or when the uh, only inhabitants are mollusks. There were a few moments of silence, broken by James. Sir, if you please, he said. Yes, boy, said Fighting Prawn. What happened to the other uh, visitors? Do they still live here? Fighting Prawn regarded James for a moment, his black eyes massive. Um, no, he said, finally. They no longer live here. So, said James, w w when visitors come, do you, um, do you, do you let them go? I didn't say that, said Fighting Prawn. Chapter 44. Parting Ways. Peter stopped, holding up his hand. Molly paused a foot behind him. 
They'd moved along the edge of the clearing, following the sound of voices. Mostly they heard two, Alf and another man, both speaking English, which puzzled Peter, as the only men he'd seen there were Alf and er the only men he'd seen other than Alf were savages. Now approaching the voices, separated from the clearing but only or by only a few yards of thick vegetation, Peter turned and leaned in close to Molly, speaking in the barest whisper. How much of that stuff do you have got left in your pocket? Or in your locket? I don't know, she whispered back. Why? What are you thinking? I'm going to run out there and start yelling, said Peter. I'll get the savages to chase me into the jungle. Then you can run over to the boys and Alf and fly them out of here. We can meet on the beach. Molly shook her head. No, Peter, she said. I don't know if I've got enough star, stu- star stuff left for that. Besides, they would likely catch us both before we took two steps. Then what's your plan, said Peter. We go find the trunk first, said Molly. With more star stuff, no, Peter interrupted. They could be dead by then. We don't know where the trunk is. We don't even know if it's on this island. It's not far off. I can feel it. We must find it. It's our only hope to help the boys. You don't care about my mates, Peter said. You just want your trunk. That's not true, she said. Of course I care about them. But yes, the trunk is more important than any of us, than all of us combined. And right now it is our only hope to help these boys and ourselves. Please, Peter. Peter shook his head. I won't leave my mates, he said. I can't. All right, said Molly. Fine. Then I'll find the trunk on my own. Seriously, you won't help me? Help you get yourself killed? No, I won't. Peter drew back the expression of hurt and anger. Fine then, he said. Good luck finding the trunk without me. Not waiting for a response, he turned and crept closer to the clearing. As he reached its edge, he stopped and looked behind him. Molly was gone. Fine then. On his stomach now, Peter inched forward until he could peer into the clearing. There were savages standing only a few fr- feet in front of him. Beyond them, he saw his mates. Alf stood with them, although he'd heard talking as he crawled forward. There was only silence now and a fearful look on Alf's face. Peter patted the ground around him. His hand closed on a rock, and he tugged it out of the damp, spongy soil. His plan now, it was the best plan he could come up with under the circumstances, was to create a distraction. He would hurl the rock at the savages, yell, then create a retreat into the jungle, hoping they'd chase after him. That would give Alf and the boys a chance to run off. Um, holding the rock, Peter slowly rose to his feet. Here goes nothing. He took aim at the older savage, who appeared to be the leader. He drew his arm back, judged the distance, then brought it forward hard. Nothing happened. His hand was empty. Where's the rock? Peter whirled, then gasped. Behind him, nearly on top of him, towered a large savage, holding Peter's rock up next to his face, smiling broadly. From the clearing, the older savage spoke. Ah, I see, a fierce, I see Fierce Clam has found yet another visitor. Welcome, boy. Come join your friends. I was just about to explain our policy regarding strangers on this island. Chapter 45. The Watchers. Blackstash and Smee struggled to the top of the steep ridge, breaking out from the jungle to a thick green slippery moss laid like a carpet over a black gnarly volcanic rock. They were lost. They had followed the tracks from the, or from the beach into the jungle and almost immediately became confused and frustrated by the suffocating vegetation. For the past hour, they had been thrash, thrashing around almost at random until finally Stash had decided to climb the ridge and get his bearings. He'd taken Shmee, leaving the rest of their raiding party at the base of the mountain, with strict orders to keep alert, although Stash was sure they'd fallen asleep within minutes of them leaving. Looking down at the menacing green, car- menacing green carpet below, Stash held out his right hand, palm up. 
Shmi studied it for a moment, then, concluding they were celebrating their successful climb, reached out his hand and shook Stash's. I don't want your bleeding hand, you idiot, bellowed Stash, startling a bright green bird into the flight from the perch in the trees just below. I want the bleeding spyglass. Shmi quickly tugged the brass spyglass from his waistband and handed it to Stash, who held it to his eye and began a slow, methodical sweep of the island below. Left to right, about two-thirds of the way across, he stopped the glass. Aha, he said. Gazoon tight, said Shmi. No, you fool, look there. At the edge of the clearing. Do you see it? Shmi peered downward, but saw nothing at the edge of any clearing. He didn't even see a clearing. It's a camp, said Stash, look, still looking through the glass. A camp? Savages, said Stash. Savages? The kind that... Yes, the kind that eat people. Cannibals, by the look of them. So we'll be getting off this island now, Captain, said Shmi. We'll be getting back on the ship and sailing right now, Shmi, said Stash with a grim smile. No, but Captain, them cannibals... Momentary pause. They have the boys, said Stash. The boys from the Neverland? Alive? No, chewed to the bone, Stash snarled, lunging at Shmi, who jumped back. Of course they're alive. It's the same boys, including that cursed little devil who stole the trunk when it was with or was when it was in me when it was in me grasp. And there's a sailor with him from the Neverland. He looks to be talking to an old savage with white hair. Talking? To a savage? I'm wondering about that myself, said Shmi. I don't like this, Shmi. I don't like it a bit. I'm wondering if the boys still have that trunk and are using the treasure. My treasure, Shmi, to negotiate with them savages. Stash handed the glass to Shmi and stood for a moment, staring toward the clearing, thinking, Shmi, he said, fetch the men. With a telescope now held to his own eye, Shmi said, But them cannibals have spears, Captain, lots of spears, lots of cannibals, and as far as, as that goes... It's cannibals, idiot, said Stash. Now shut up and do as you're told. Them boys down there, mark my words, them boys is still mixed up with that trunk, with my trunk. And if them boys is working with them savages, I intend to find about out about it. We're going down there, quiet-like. See what's what. Fetch the men now. As Shmi grumbling started down the mountainside, Stash turned his gaze back toward the clearing and spoke softly to himself. And if it comes to cutting, he said, they'll learn that spears is no match for pirate steel.